If you know anything about the back porch, uh, gosh, one of our favorite things to do back here, one of my favorite things to do back here for sure is watch college football. It's my favorite sport. And, uh, man, good times. It's been a fun fall already with a lot of friends coming over and hanging out. Or sometimes just me, but, I, gosh, I just love college football. It's my – anyway, uh, I was uh, – this past weekend I was watching some games, and then at the end of the day I was watching some commentary at the end of the day. And um, – there was a former coach, and he said something I thought was really interesting. Uh, he's a panelist now, and he, he got fired. But when he had a great quarterback at a school, he won coach of the year, and they won everything. And he said, you know, when I had him as a quarterback, I was brilliant. Everyone thought I was the best coach in the world. When I didn't have a good quarterback, I was an idiot, and I got fired. And he was making uh, – observations about current coaches on the hot seat and what's going on in the programs and maybe they had an elite quarterback before and they don't have one now and just the difference that role makes in production and the difference a strong quarterback makes in the life of a team and it's a great point very interesting he was talking about um, you know some of the guys that teams aren't doing well and mostly because they don't have a great quarterback right now and I just thought man that's so interesting but then a couple of days later a thought crossed my mind we really are a production society, aren't we? We're, we're all about what have you done for me lately. And uh, pardon my step here, but that, that thinking for sure has infiltrated the church, right? I mean, if you work in church world, I know quite a few people who listen to this podcast are church folks, which is super cool. Uh, you know, we, we care about numbers. We want to reach as many people as possible, but we sometimes get motivated by numbers and numbers do make a difference and I get that but the hard part about numbers is it's hard to measure productivity of relationships it's hard to measure uh, what's going on in someone's heart I was talking to someone the other day that's starting a new small group ministry and uh, so excited about it and all these ideas and it was really cool talking to them listen to them dream about where they believe God's leading them to lead this ministry and one of the things I told him was, was man, you, you need to slow down a little bit because you can't measure what happens in small group immediately. It's not tangible. You don't know what God's doing in the heart of someone. You can't measure that immediately. You can measure how many people were there. You can maybe measure how much money was given. You can maybe measure how many hours they serve, or you can measure whatever that is that you choose to be measurable for your ministry. But you can't measure a heart. I had a conversation back here recently with someone that years later, years later, after a conversation in a group that was had years ago, the light just went off. And and I remember thinking at the time years ago, wow, I wish this person would get this. But for whatever reason, they didn't. But years later, God's got a hold of their heart in that area. And they surrendered to him on that. And I thought, wow, that's so cool. But what a great reminder. If I would have measured success in a small group based on that one group, I would have been a failure. And there's been plenty of those. And that's the hard part about groups ministry, right? It's really hard to measure that. Like, it's hard to put into paper and on a report what's going on in relationships. And I know we need to do that. I'm not anti any of that. Don't, don't hear me wrong here. I'm just putting out there, gosh, if, if, we're, if productivity is all we measure, 
we're missing the mark. We're missing completely what this is about, right? I mean, again, we do want to reach people. We want to reach the most people. I, I, I'm not pushing against that. I'm just saying we also need to be mindful of the fact that we're working and dealing with the hearts of people and God's timing is limited exclusively to God's timing, not our timing. And we get frustrated sometimes. We compare. I was talking to someone recently who's frustrated because their group is smaller than other groups and I was trying to encourage them, like, hey, it's it's not about the size. I mean, listen, you want as most people to come as possible, absolutely. But also, your role as a leader is to be a great steward of that one group that you have right now and love them well. Invest well in the ones who do come. Focus on that. Don't miss the hearts of the people who are there when you're so focused on the people who aren't. Does that mean we shouldn't care about the people who aren't there? Not at all. Not at all. We should continue to pray and create environments that cause them to want to engage. At the same time, we are responsible for those who do choose to engage and to invest in them well. And ultimately, the hope is if we do that, they invest in others well, too. But again, it's so hard to measure that, the productivity part of relational ministry. In fact, one of the hard things about that is that oftentimes you're planting seeds on the front end. Right, you're digging the dirt. You're you're initially planting the seeds. You might not see that thing grow ever to fruition. That's God's timing, not yours. And it's really hard sometimes to measure that, especially if you're hearing stories about other things and you start comparing and you start believing that lie that you're not good enough or whatever that might be. Don't get caught in that productivity trap. Get caught up in being faithful. Get caught up in being focused on what God gives you in this moment and be the very best steward of investing well in that and trust Him with the results from there. Sure is easy to say that, but when you care about people and they don't show up or things aren't going on or things aren't moving, it gets real frustrating. I know that. I totally get it. Gosh, I've been there more times than I'd like to admit. But I know. I just know that God's at work. And, I, and that football coach that was called an idiot now, is he any dumber now than he was when he had the great quarterback? I don't know that. That's, I mean, that's, I'm not a commentator full-time. I just play one on the back porch. But my guess is he didn't lose his ability to coach. He just lost a stud player. And that stud player won him a bunch of games. There's seasons in groups, too. There are seasons in relational ministry. There are seasons where things are just out of control and it's amazing and things are growing and building. And those are so fun. And there are seasons where we're asking God, what's going on? What happened? And those are great questions to ask. And those are great things to take to him and wrestle with. And wrestle with, do we need to change some things? Do we need to alternate? Absolutely. But don't miss the mark that in productivity, it's about the hearts of people and productivity of God's kingdom. His economy deals with the hearts of people. And let's not get so focused on numbers that we miss out on hearts, the available hearts that are waiting and wanting to be invested in. Let's invest well in those and believe that if we do that, God's going to use that and grow that and multiply that into more and more effective ministry. I was reading something for our men's group recently, and I just stumbled on this first, and I've been thinking about it for a couple of weeks. It's in the uh, letter of Philemon, 
however you want to say it, Philemon. Uh, everyone has a different pronunciation of that. But um, this is a letter from Paul. Uh, no one knows for sure thinks it was written when he was in jail in Rome, is what most people believe from what I did a little research on that. And it's just a one-chapter letter. And he's writing to a guy who's a leader of the church in Colossians. And he's just writing him a letter. He's sending, him, he's sending someone with him, and he's saying some really cool things. But in the letter, he says this in verse 7. Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of God's people. Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the Lord's people. In prison. bad situation yet he's encouraged by what his friend is doing for others if he was to measure his productivity based on his current circumstances he'd be frustrated yet he's aware that this person he invested in is now doing awesome stuff in the lives of others and he's encouraged by that don't be discouraged by your current circumstances be encouraged by the fact that God is at work always whether it seems like it or not and maybe the productivity in some seasons is literally just to stop and pray and wait and ask God and really dig in with Him and ask Him what He's doing and be faithful with what He's giving you right now. Don't get caught up in the productivity cycle where you miss the hearts of people. You could, you could unpack that in a whole bunch of different ways. It's a very simple thought, but I think it's a profound one. And I've seen it played out in my life in ministry in some pretty crazy ways over the years. But I, I just wanted to encourage you, no matter where you are today, don't get caught up in comparison or just focus solely on productivity. Yes, focus on productivity, but don't focus solely on it. Remember that the hearts of people are hard to measure. Your job is to be faithful and lead well and trust Him with the results. It's a quick thought for the course tonight. That's what we're talking about.